0: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate Review and subscribe so you never miss a single episode of the show, and be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council. Where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. To participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked On Panthers, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Apologies once again. Um, to the folks out there for not having a podcast last Thursday and Friday and getting one out late on Monday morning as I was sick last week, still uh, trying to get my voice back. I feel a lot better now recording this on Monday evening, like eight hours ago. I was uh, struggling to get through the show, but I think we're fine. And also, right as I had finished recording the episode from Monday, I saw that Baker Mayfield was set to be released by your Carolina Panthers and... I was a little bit surprised. Maybe I shouldn't have been considering Sam was clearly going to be the starter against Seattle. And whenever PJ came back, he was likely going to be ahead of Baker Mayfield. And Steve Wilkes has kind of shown us, and in a way told us as well, that Baker's not really his guy. And that he wants to see Sam. He wants to give PJ an opportunity that they're moving forward off of what... We've found out to be a mistake from this past offseason season that former Panthers head coach Matt Rule really pushed for in trading for Baker Mayfield. Now, let's get facts right here. Baker Mayfield requested a release from the Carolina Panthers on Monday, and the Panthers agreed to it, understanding that Sam's our starter, PJ's our backup, and they wanted to allow Baker and his agent to go try and find another opportunity that might make sense for them. Apparently, the Houston Texans need a quarterback. Of course, most notably, Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season with a foot injury out in San Francisco. They're already down Trey Lance as well. So maybe Baker could go out to San Fran and reunite with his former teammate, Christian McCaffrey. And I don't know how much Christian would like that, but hey, I'm sure Christian and Baker are totally fine, and maybe that works out for him. But considering what we saw from Baker in a short amount of time, he had to learn this offense. I don't know how him going to San Francisco is going to necessarily fix things up, but I guess maybe it might be a similar offense to what he ran. In Cleveland under Kevin Stefanski. But Baker decided that, hey, it's time to move on. Guys, I understand I'm not the guy here. He said it even before the bye week that he could leave here with his head held high, knowing that he was a good teammate. He fired his ass off to be the best player he could be. Considering the circumstances, and as we know, it did not work out for Baker Mayfield. Steve Wilkes, Carolina Panthers interim head coach, came out on Monday and said that Baker had been nothing but professional, and that he wished him all the best. And he said, back when he left Arizona—not really left Arizona, was fired from Arizona—and then he took the defensive coordinator job under Freddie Kitchens up in Cleveland. He did it in part because Baker was there, and that he wanted to be opposite of an offense that could move the football and that could have success. So Steve Wilkes has only said positive things about Baker Mayfield publicly. I don't know how he personally feels about him, but Steve Wilkes, as we've known and seen over the last seven weeks, is a pretty straightforward guy, and I don't think he'd be blowing smoke just to tell us, hey, what we want to hear. I also don't think he's going to throw anybody under the bus, but he's going to be quite frank, as much as he can be in that position as a Panthers head coach when speaking to the media on Monday afternoon here in Charlotte, so we've seen it Also, Baker has been out there writing notes down for P.J. Walker when P.J. was a starter. You've never seen him pouting. He was out there headbutting the guys during the Atlanta game excuse me, as I close things out. So clearly Baker has been a good teammate. All the things that we had heard about Cleveland, about him being a nightmare and how he's someone who wears on, you Now he was not here long enough in Carolina. He was there in four years. He was only here for, what thirteen weeks? So he was not here long enough. Really, twelve. You know, I mean, I guess longer than that, but he wasn't here long enough to where he would really be a personality that you would think would wear on the guys. But Shaq Thompson had nothing positive, had nothing but positive things to say about him. Same thing with DJ Moore, and really everyone that we've heard from who's talked about Baker. The dynamics in that quarterback room has only said positive things about him as a teammate, and as we know on the field, like it, it wasn't great. And Steve Wilkes asked if Baker fail. And he said, I wouldn't say that he failed. It just didn't work out. And that's a nice way to say it. I know I would probably lean on, like, yeah, the failure thing. It's it's really how you – do you want to be a glass half full or glass half empty kind of person? And Wilkes is certainly going to glass, you know, a half full approach there with Baker. Like, yeah, it didn't work out. And there's a myriad of reasons why it didn't work out here in Carolina. Was it the fact that the Panthers were not able to facilitate a timely trade? on day two, on that Friday night of the NFL draft. Um, It could be that. It could also be did the scheme and system fit him. You had heard from Matt Rule back in the offseason that they want to be more of a down-no-rushing attack. We've seen how that's worked out with Deontay Foreman over the last seven, eight weeks as the lead guy back there once I traded Christian McCaffrey, had they done more of the play-action concepts that we saw last time out when Sam Darnold got the start and leaned on the run game, would Baker have had more success? Had he been there for OTSA as a mandatory minicamp, had he gotten all the snaps with the first team back during training camp and in the preseason, would Baker have looked different? I think he would have played better. It's hard not to believe that. He needed more reps, needed more time. But once you get into the season and the system might not be fitting you, We had talked to Steven uh, Ruiz from the Ringer. And he had talked about it. he didn't feel like McAdoo's system was really fitting for Baker. And he's not the only one who felt that way. We saw it didn't work out for Baker Mayfield in seven games. He was one in five as a starter, completed only 57.8% of his completions, uh, threw for over 1,300 yards, had six touchdowns, six interceptions, took 19 sacks, had a 74.4 passer rating, and then had an 18.2 QBR. It wasn't great. Of course, the batted balls and all of that, that was an issue with Baker and he just did not move the ball down the field outside of that second half against the former Cleveland Browns team that he played for was traded from, we did not see Baker Mayfield play at that level. And we knew when the trade was made. And for me, like I told you on Monday's show, there was a point in time after the Panthers failed to bring in Baker and they drafted Matt Corral, I was kind of like, you know what, let's just move on. And there was a report, I think it's from Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports, about how the Panthers kind of had a deadline for – the mandatory portion of OTAs or mandatory minicamp to bring him in and to try and have him in by that point in time. If they didn't do that, then they would probably move on. And I kind of felt at that point in time, I think that made the most sense was probably just to move on with Sam that had been there throughout the entire off season. You had a rookie that you could go to at some point in time. You had PJ Walker, rad experience also starting. So why not go ahead and do that? But I also understood that for Matt rule he needed somebody else to come in to help him win football games. And all the conversations that they had with the media and all everything that they presented was that Matt Corral was not in here to compete. So if Matt Corral's not in here to push Sam Darnold, they need to bring someone in here to push Sam Darnold because I think that's really what hurt Sam a year prior is that he just was handed the job, that he didn't really have any sort of that pressure. And we'll see how it plays out the next five weeks, but maybe the fact that Sam had to sit back and had to compete, that maybe that's made him better, at least in the first game that we've seen him play in. In all season long, or since week 18 of last year, in that loss at Tampa. So they needed to bring somebody else in. And we always knew it was going to be Baker Mayfield. And we always knew what was going to happen when I went on vacation Hilton Head. And I got off the course there, and there it was. Baker Mayfield is Carolina Panther. And we knew right then and there that this would define whether Matt Rule would stay past 2022 or, as we saw, be fired five weeks into the season. And Baker Mayfield would end up also not being the starting quarterback moving forward for the Carolina Panthers. It didn't work out. Now it's Sam Darnold. And a lot of people, myself included, were kind of like anybody but Darnold. to even have any sort of excitement going through the year. You needed anyone but Darnold. You hoped that Baker could recapture the way he played in the second half of that 2020 season where he took the Cleveland freaking Browns to the playoffs and they beat the breaks off of the Steelers. That was the hope here in Carolina. And the feeling and thought process was that Baker – was a better player than Sam Darnold. He was an upgrade from Sam. We didn't know whether he would be the long-term answer. The better, the best bet was that he probably wouldn't be, but you thought that he could at least be better than Sam this season. And as we saw, in only one start, Sam Darnold's has already been a better player than Baker Mayfield. We got to see what Sam does the last, last five weeks of the season, but he clearly, Baker Mayfield, was not a guy who was an upgrade over, over Sam Darnold. Now, the deal overall turns out to not really be that bad of a deal. Um, there's one positive you can look at it, Baker coming in and being terrible was kind of the last straw for David Tepper, and that got Matt Rule fired, which a lot of y'all, of course, wanted to happen. So you can always remember Baker as a quarterback who was able to get Matt Rule fired because he did not perform at a level that Matt Rule was hoping he would be when Matt Rule banging on the table in the offseason saying, hey, bring this guy in so I can save my job. So you can be happy about that. Also, the Carolina Panthers only gave up a fifth-rounder in 2024. It was conditional if Baker had played 70% of the snaps, which he's obviously not. He only played 52% of them. And even over the next couple of weeks had he stayed on a roster, he was not going to play again. So they don't lose the conditional fifth-round pick. That become, it didn't become a fourth-round pick, so it's a fifth-round pick in 2024. And they barely paid him anything. They got Baker to give back money, and Cleveland paid $10 million of that fifth-year option. So Carolina was only on the hook for $4.86 million. And so far, they've only paid for 3.51. million of it and the rest of it if Baker gets claimed off of waivers the other team is responsible for so when you look at it it's a mid-round pick you got the guy to give back money and you paid him only three and a half million dollars for six starts that's not a bad proposition it was worth it it didn't work out in the end now Baker's gone and of course Matt Rule is gone as well and Baker now tries to go find an opportunity elsewhere Possibly in San Francisco, but really at the end of the day, what it does, it further illustrates this franchise's inability to find a franchise quarterback here in Carolina. Matt Rule wanted to bring in Teddy Bridgewater and Evan Cooper, who was formerly here in Carolina and who had more of a scouting role than you would see from an assistant like him. Evan Cooper said back when Matt Rule and him were in Baylor that, hey, anytime we get to the NFL, we need to bring in Teddy Bridgewater. They decided to do that. I was totally fine with it considering, like, hey, you know, Cam had injuries. I'm sure the owner here who inherited Cam probably wanted to find more stability at the position health-wise. And I know Teddy Bridgewater has an injury history. But I got it. You hire Joe Brady. You're going to bring in a guy who knows the offense. It's a young team. Get a veteran quarterback fine, whatever. I didn't like the way they handled things about leaving, like, you know, moving off of cam. I didn't appreciate that. This, the decision to move off of cam, you know, so be it. I know mean, it's probably, it was more of an ego play for Matt rule. Wanting to be the voice in the building and not wanting to have such an overbearing personality. If you want to use the word overbearing, so it's probably not the proper word for me, but you know, the dynamic personality dynamics makes more sense that Cam Newton is. And Cam has said this as well, that, you know, people will be intimidated by him. That he's such a big, big, dominating presence like in New England, they got rid of him and let Mac lead because they just didn't feel like Mac could lead without Cam Newton being in the locker room, which also could be an indictment on Mac Jones. But still, you, you kind of understand, I hope, where I'm coming from here and where I guess Matt Rule's thought was, even though it was more of an ego play from Matt Rule. But, you know, you bring in Teddy, Tepper is just not patient with it. They want to find a quarterback. Yes, there's conversation that David, David Tepper wanted Justin Fields, but clearly they talked him in, did Sam Darnold. And Tepper signed off on this and Tepper hired Rule. So it all at the end of the day falls at the feet of David Tepper. But we know now that Matt Rule had way too much control. And we could even see in the moment how Matt Rule had control of the, of the puzzle pieces and the puppets here in, in Charlotte and how he was able to orchestrate certain things that, of course, at the end of the day led to his demise, no matter what he said over the last two weeks throughout the national media and trying to uh, kind of whitewash what happened here in Carolina. So Baker Mayfield – Didn't work out. Wish him the best of luck. Guy seemed to be only a good teammate. Didn't work out on the field. So we move on. So what does it mean now? It means that Sam Darnold is going to be the guy the rest of the way. At least, well, in Seattle. And then we'll see what happens. Whether Steve Wilkes goes back to P.J. Walker, I don't know. But right now it's a Sam Darnold show. And there's a possibility that Sam Darnold could finally do what the Panthers were hoping that he could do when they traded three picks for him about 20 months ago. Can he do it? I don't know. We'll see. But we'll talk about it here shortly on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, we'll talk to you guys about our friends over at linkedin these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100 certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free it's so easy to create a job post on linkedin jobs once you do add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs, number one, delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you get, find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL To post your job for free,
1: terms and conditions apply. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? So, Baker's gone. He's no longer here in
0: Carolina. He yes, asked for a release. We'll see what happens to him. I'm sure by time um, many of you listen to the show on Tuesday. Uh, Baker might already have a new home. We'll see how, how it works out for Baker Mayfield. Again, best of luck to him. Seemed like he only came in here, was a great teammate, wasn't a great football player, but there's many reasons why that happened. We just went over uh, most of them. So, we'll see how it works out. Now, it is funny to me because throughout the offseason, I was kind of sitting there just laughing about the whole Carolina Panthers going in with the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes and how Deshaun's like, I'm good. And David Tepper, who's all about money and all that kind of stuff, decided that money was going to get in the way of Deshaun Watson and all that. And, hey, I'm not – I ain't mad about it because I honestly didn't want to sit here and have to have all the conversations that would have been necessary on this show about Deshaun Watson. So thank you, David Tepper, for not allowing me to have to sit here and talk about that for the past – 12-plus weeks whenever Deshaun Watson would have came back and what it would have looked like. I'm, I'm happy I didn't have to sit there and do it. But it's just funny how you know the Panthers went after Deshaun Watson. You know They called about Russell Wilson. Of course, that hasn't worked out well at all um, for the Denver Broncos. Worked out great for Seattle, who we'll see on Sunday with Geno Smith and how well he's playing. So we've seldom them do that. We saw them go look at Matt Corral Malik Willis. Can Pickett, And talk about, hey, is there someone worthy of the sixth overall pick and yada, 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 and – then we saw that the Baker trade at first fell through and it decided to bring in Matt Corral. But then it was like, yeah, well, Matt Corral, we want to bring Matt along slowly. We're not really looking at Matt to be a guy this year. So hearing all that, it's like, is Sam Darnold about to survive this? Is Sam Darnold about to survive this coup attempt if you even want to describe it as a coup attempt from him being terrible a year ago? Is Sam Darnold really going to be the starter heading into week one against Cleveland? Like, come on, nah, no way. In event says we saw, they brought in Baker. Baker won the job. Baker was bad. But Sam also was injured. And we didn't get to see Sam until two weeks ago when the Panthers were able to beat the Denver Broncos at home. And now Sam Darnold appears to be the guy. At least for this week. It's still hard for me to know. Steve Wilkes said that what's with Sam Darnold's talent level, he wanted to see him and give him an opportunity to see what he could do and it's possible they go back to PJ if that's what they feel like they're going to do. I think at this point in time, we've seen enough PJ. And now it's time to kind of like let Sam have his audition since that's what we're kind of doing this year. It's like, hey, Baker, you have the first third of the season. Then, uh, PJ, you'll take the second third of the season. And then, uh, Sam, you have the final leg of the season. And then we'll kind of decide what we want to do on, do there moving forward, even though the owner very likely is going to want, and by very likely, probably 100% wants to draft of a rookie in the first round of the 2023 NFL draft. But in the meantime... It's a Sam Darnold show, and it's just, it's like, I don't watch the Avengers, but I know like the Thanos thing, or it's if I said that correctly, if I didn't, I'm sorry, I'm not a nerd, I'm about hey, where, did the, you know, you failed or whatever, where did it lead you, right back here to me, I know I probably butchered it, but you couldn't live, live with your own failure, I don't know, but yes, I mean, there we go, Sam Darnold, hey, where did it lead you, right back to Sam Darnold, Sammy Savior, as I jokingly called him on Twitter about a month ago, and here we are, Sam Darnold, playing in what I think is one of the bigger games Panthers have played over the last couple of years. You can scoff at that if you want. They're 4-8. and eight. Now, I'm recording this before Monday Night Football. I don't know what's going to happen, but if the Bucks lose, the Carolina Panthers have a great opportunity to be in first place, at least tied for it, come 8 o'clock on Sunday following that game in Seattle. So, yeah, it's kind of an important game, especially when they feel like they actually can be a playoff team. And now they're rolling with this quarterback, and for Sam Darnold – it's his opportunity to show them that they made the right decision when they gave up that second, fourth, and sixth round pick to the New York Jets to bring him on and then blindly handed him nearly nineteen million dollars to be the quarterback this season on the fifth year option. He can potentially solve the biggest question for the Carolina Panthers over these next five weeks. Is it likely? Of course it's not likely. I still think David Tepper's gonna want at this point after seeing all the indecision with Teddy and trading for Sam and not being able to get Stafford, not being able to get Watson, not being able to get um, Russell Wilson, not being able to do all these other things and bringing in Baker, bringing in Corral, I'm pretty sure that David Tepper's going to be like, let's just go the conventional route. I've had you, Matt Rule in the past, talk me into these things. He's probably listening to Scott Fitter as well. We're not doing that anymore. We're going to go out there and get a rookie. So that's the most likely scenario. But there still is a timeline. Maybe it's the one that we live in. Where Sam Darnold plays his ass off the next five weeks, takes him to the playoffs, and the Carolina Panthers have to have a real conversation of what they're going to do. Now, could they still decide we're going to draft the guy in the first round and then hold on to Sam and give that guy some time? Yeah, they could absolutely do that. And I don't think that would be a bad decision because like you would have to trade up anyway, but you could have an answer at least for the immediate term. And that's kind of what I wanted them to do. In the, not kind, That's what I wanted them to do in the first place. You could have Teddy Bridgewater. You can do that whole deal. You can build the team, and then eventually you can bring in a rookie when the time is right and play that rookie when the time is right. You can still maybe do that with Sam where you have Sam this year, you pay him a reasonable contract if he shows you over the next five weeks that he can lead you to wins, and then you can allow a rookie to develop. So we're looking at it. If the Panthers are a team that are able to get like into the like later part of the draft, like say they do go to the playoffs, like obviously Bryce Young's off the board, obviously CJ Stroud's off the board, I would say Will Levis as well. Anthony Richardson out of Florida, he's someone who declared for the draft on Monday, and he's not somebody I would want to see at all next season starting for the Carolina Panthers, because he was hot garbage a lot of times at Florida this year when it came to throwing the football. He's a dynamic athlete. He looks like he's got the goods, but he stunk it up a lot. He also looked awesome, too. There's just really – the variance is, is he's awesome. He looks like a Heisman Trophy winner, and it's like this guy looks undraftable. You can't even play him, change positions. Like that's kind of where we're at with Anthony Richardson, like at least my opinion of Anthony Richardson right now. But he's an awesome athlete, and of course he's going to – well, mind you, of a guy who used to wear number one. And the guy who used to wear number one didn't look like that when he was in, at the SEC, in the SEC. So, in this scenario, maybe Sam's the guy for a year. You allow Richardson to sit out, learn. Then come 2024, he's your guy. I don't know. But Sam Darnold has a chance to stabilize the position. That's what Scott Fitter was talking about, stabilizing the position. They're at quarterback. Can they find somebody to do it? Can Sam Darnold do that over the next five games? We will find out. I think it's unlikely, but it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility, especially if he can be calm and take care of the football like he did two weeks ago and not win against Denver. So we'll see how it works out here. The Panthers still probably going to target a first-round quarterback, but it's possible. As people have asked me, like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Let's let the next five weeks play out, see what Sam does, and then move on from there because – I think it will be very obvious I mean I'm hoping after these five weeks what the Carolina Panthers should do moving forward now of course Sam Darnold can complicate that but in a way that really wouldn't be a bad problem considering the Carolina Panthers need a quarterback the Carolina Panthers also needed to add some coaches they did that on Monday also quick injury report and they're now trying to focus on finding that playoff mentality heading to Seattle We'll talk about that here all in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find a sneak peek of Block Forever available on Locked on NFL right now. Block Forever is a brand new podcast that you, a Carolina Panthers fan, will absolutely love with former NFL All-Pro and Carolina Panthers center Ryan Khalil and Audible. Khalil takes a conversation about football to the next level. He gives football fans an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. Khalil sits down with star players, coaches, and former pros across the league to get real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes inside the locker room during team meetings, and back at the hotel. It's available for free on Audible and wherever you get your podcast. Head over to Locked on NFL for a sneak peek of Block Forever or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcast. Available everywhere right
1: now. Audible, get in the game. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked on Commanders podcast. And this locked on podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today, make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees experts only available with TurboTax live. Okay, so
0: the Panthers have, of course, lost some coaches here recently. We saw Terrence Knighton, who is the assistant defensive line coach, head over to Nebraska. We've seen Evan Cooper head over to Nebraska. Uh, Paul Pascalone, defensive line coach, he's been relieved of his duties. We saw Phil Snow relieve his duties and Foley be relieved of his duties. He's now with Matt Rule going to recruit and getting uh, those in-home business out there in Omaha to try and find uh, some guys to come save the Huskers and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, go Big Red, I guess. Who cares? Um, so we've seen all that. And It's kind of a skeleton crew now. These are professionals, these guys they, they know how to, you know, find, you know, maintain their their fine tune, their craft, know that work the technique. They know how to go through a practice like they're adults. This isn't college kids, this isn't high school kids. Like they can go through drills, but they also, you know, need to be coached up throughout the process of that. So, what Ian, what so what we needed to see maybe was Steve will go out there and find some coaches, which he did by bringing in Ian Scott to replace Terrence Knighton as he's since a defensive line coach. Uh, Scott. Formerly spent some time with Steve Wilkes back when he was in the NFL. Also, um, as a player, um, formerly he was at a coach over at Central Michigan. Uh, Go Chippewas and briefly was here in Carolina at some point in time. So, there's that. It makes sense that that would happen over the bye week. Hard to bring in a guy. Did integrate him throughout the week. Um, like we saw, you know, because this is the question that was constantly asked of Steve Wilkes the last couple weeks about, hey, will you add to the staff? We add to the staff. He said, you know, the time is right and the right person's here. I'll do that. And seeing that they had the bye week last week, he can bring somebody in, get them kind of up to speed as best they can. And then, you know, kind of not have any sort of like adjustment period once they get back on the practice field. So it makes sense that that would be the case as that was announced on Monday. Um, also, Brian Burns got a little banged up, as we saw. He's had that knee brace on I think it was his left knee um we saw get cut too by one of the Broncos players but he, he's he's good to go there's no real concern about that for this week uh we'll get more of a, a defined injury report on Wednesday when the Panthers are back out of practice and Steve Wilkes is out with the media and the focus too now is on the Panthers um quest to get to the playoffs uh, as I told y'all the Carolina Panthers have one of the weakest remaining schedules in the NFL right now and Let's see. Going on uh, Tankathon.com, which is of course our one of our favorite websites. Carolina Panthers have okay, their schedule got a little bit tougher, but they have the uh, the right now twenty-seventh is their strength of schedule at this point in time remaining. So that is the one, two, three, four, five, six, easiest schedule remaining with Seattle being the lone winning team on the on the on the on the, the docket at seven and five, New Orleans losing record, Tampa losing record. Detroit competitive but a losing record. And of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers are losing record, so you got so you have that, and and knowing that, and I, I did the parallels last week, comparing 2014, which we've talked about a number of times, and how hey maybe this feels like 2014. Steve Wilkes certainly has brought that up how they were able to ma- you know maneuver that season, starting at three and eight, and then getting the seven eight and one after they they won their final four games. So, we're seeing how they're going to try and do that again this year here in Carolina. And, and similarly, they had a weak schedule at the end of that season. Now they have a weak schedule again. Can they take advantage of it? Of course, Seattle, as Steve Wilkes talked about, has been a tough place for the Panthers to play. But when he's first here, when he spent that one year in Arizona, so he understands the challenge of playing up there in front of the 12th man and paying a, team, a Pete Carroll coach team. And his his message to the team about it has just been, you know, take one game at a time. He reiterated that, you know, they need to win on the road, something they have not done all year long. They also have not won back-to-back games. They can do both of those on Sunday. And for me, as I've said, for me to really take these guys seriously as a playoff contender, I need them to go win on the road, then come back and take care of business against a bad um, Lions or Steelers. I forget who they play first, but a bad Lions or Steelers team. Like, that's what I need to see them do, because you need to be able to handle prosperity. You need to go on the road and win a game against a tough opponent on the road in a tough environment. And you need to be able to get back-to-back games. And then once you find success, you need to be able to manage it by winning again and holding serve at home. They've won three straight at home. That's what I really need to see is the one on Sunday and then followed up with another win for me to really buy in, heading those final three weeks, especially with two games on the road against divisional opponents, that can actually be a playoff team. And Steve Wilkes is talking about how they have to create a playoff mentality mindset and that he's going to be talking about them, we're talking with them all week about that. We've seen back before that Falcons game, now about because the, the Bucks game the first time around, where the, the, yeah, I mean, because I haven't played it yet, but the, the Bucks game where he showed them highlights of divisional games back when he was here before and really showing them how important it is and what things used to be like. So, finding that mentality is the most important thing for this team this week, and that's going to be the message throughout the week. Take one game at a time, do what we have not done all year long, but winning on the road and getting back to that game, wins, and then creating and finding that playoff mentality and that mindset heading into Seattle, a team that right now looks like a playoff team is, in my opinion, the team to beat out there in the NFC West. Okay, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Sorry again, guys. I've been fighting it. I was sick all last week. Couldn't do podcasts on Thursday and Friday. And as you heard, voice is still tough. It's still tough to me individually. I'm the only person here doing the podcast, as you guys know. So... Me to talk for 30 minutes straight, basically, it's not possible without me choking up and coughing and, uh, and lose my voice I have time, to tack up along. So, I yeah, apologize, doing my best I can, uh, at least for the YouTube people. Like, I can't really edit it out, podcast people. I try to edit it out. There's so many coughs I don't even know. Um, but again, uh, check out our show over on Locked Off Panther's YouTube channel. Uh, where you can view and subscribe, or you listen to podcasts, and follow me on Twitter, Julian Council. Where on Friday, I'll be back. Answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me or DM me at Julian Council on Twitter to participate. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always, keep pounding, and I will talk to you guys on Wednesday.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements?